1: Welcome to another edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots. I'm joined by my co-host, Don Dix, chapter leader of Act for America in Corona.
2: And are we ready to rumble this week? Man, yeah, let's rumble like it's uh, a party like it's 1999. Um, The thing that kicked off this week was Donald Trump tweeting out a video that had been produced by someone on Reddit that depicts the president and CNN having a rumble this was the video that was, was
1: back from wwe right uh, what uh, role the professional wrestling he'd been on that in, in 2007 and did some bit with uh, jim mcmahon the head of that's wasn't it vince, Mc- vince, vince mcmahon, McMahon. Yeah. jim's the quarterback
2: yep and yeah the premise of this was that they were duking it out to see who would it was a haircut challenge or something right, right? yeah and vince mcmahon lost had to get his head shaved but this reddit user took this video and superimposed CNN's logo on Vince McMahon's head. head. And next thing you know, Donald Trump found... Now, this was produced on, like, Wednesday or Thursday before the the weekend, the Independence Day weekend, excuse me. And lo and behold, Donald Trump found it. Now, I would love to know the backstory of how Donald Trump got a hold of that. Who put it in his hands? Because I can't imagine that Donald Trump, uh, you know, spends any time in Reddit... Or maybe he does. Well, uh, if, if, if it was tweeted out and someone tweeted it to at real Donald
1: Trump, uh, when he's when he's doing his own tweets, he probably he t- seen- t- to some extent sees what sees the incoming and peruses that. I mean, he probably gets far more than than he could possibly peruse. But I suspect, on some level, he he does he does
2: look through it and found it. Oh, I like this, and sent it out. Well, he must do quite a bit of perusing. You know how many viewers Donald Trump has uh, on his Twitter account? It's really great for me because all I got to do is type in real, and that's the first one that comes up. But Donald Trump has 33 million followers on Twitter, and his tweets will get uh, 7.2 replies, 11 uh, 7,200 replies, eleven thousand retweets, thirty six thousand likes. You just go through his tweets, and it's you know, it's always these numbers. And of course, this week uh, he was out in uh, Germany. So he's tweeting about his trip to the G twenty, uh, tweeting about the uh, conference and the news conference he had in Poland. In Poland, we'll, we'll talk more
1: about that because that ties yeah. into a whole bunch of things. But let's, let's come back to the CNN because it wasn't okay. Uh, you know, p- people criticize Donald Trumps because he wasn't he's not president quote presidential unquote like a like previous president, like just the community organizer maybe we had previously. But you don't let it go with that. I mean, CNN sent as crack investigators out to find this one citizen out there who had dared to mock
2: CNN. Yeah, they and, they got their panties in a bunch starting Sunday morning after that tweet aired. Uh, nearly every Sunday news show was apoplectic about how dare Donald Trump incite violence against the media. That's exactly the way they
1: took it. Right. And this is CNN, whose parent company sponsored the Trump assassination
2: play in New York City. Right. So Donald Trump tweets this out on July the 2nd, and uh, it got 587. This was an epic amount of engagement for this specific tweet. 587,000 likes, 351,000 retweets and 144,000 reactions. Right. And before we replies. come back to seeing you know, I'm,
1: I'm, we're just looking at, at uh, Donald Trump's Twitter feed. And on the 4th of July, I hadn't seen this before, he had the White House lit up in
2: red, white, and blue. Oh, yeah. Did you ever see that under Barack Hussein Obama? No, but the amount of people that took that picture and then juxtaposed it against, you know, the White House following, I think it was the uh, gay decision. marriage decision. It was all lit up in a rainbow. This This White House has not seen red, white, and blue on it in eight years. Or in. in, At least in eight years, yeah. Yeah, or or red, white, and blue in the White House in eight years. Oh, speaking of which, uh, Independence Day, uh, guess what Barack Obama's Twitter account did not tweet out about, did not tweet out anything about, you know, America's birthday, the most important day in America. He was the president for eight years. You would think he would at least say something about Independence Day, nada. Right, nothing. Yeah.
1: Well, he did, he did caution against excessive patriotism and nationalism. Well, that was so, yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, he, he, wants, he, wants to, he wants to live up to what he just said right. there, and we don't want to get uh, you know
2: anything. You might think that you're actually might love the country. So, yeah, there's that. Well, this this CNN gif, this tweet of Donald Trump's. You know, we were having a co- the conversation before we started the show. And one of the things that I said is that I completely, along with a lot of other Americans, um, misunderstood the capability of Donald Trump's nature and his gruffness and his um, what some people would characterize as uh, confrontiveness, rudeness, whatever, how that would ultimately play out in the first year of his presidency and misunderstood it from the standpoint of this is the guy that should be our next president because that would become a great asset. And now we're seeing that he is taking on the media in a way that no one ever has.
1: Sure, I mean, Republicans cower in the face of the media. The media is used to being able to destroy people and they they get the adverse publicity they're being dragged through the proverbial mud through the media, and Republicans just they usually don
2: 't even make the fight and if they do, they immediately give up, not Donald Trump well exactly and to the to that point, we have been asking each other for decades why doesn't anybody confront the media why doesn 't somebody do something about the media? Why does the media constantly get a pass? covering for you know the democratic agenda the progressive agenda why don't republicans stand up to the media they're constantly you know backing away from it trying to cajole the media trying to console anytime that the media takes issue with a conservative position we had our politicians and even some of the folks in the conservative media not directly confronting the liberal establishment as it expresses itself through the media folks. This is what taking on the media looks like. This is what it, it, it feels like. And you know, a lot of people are, are a lot of people are like, well, Donald Trump's being a little too coarse. This is a little too confronted. This is a little too. Nope. We've got, Four decades of this establishment building itself up over uh, an extended period of time. You can probably trace the roots of this back to after the Second World War in the establishment of what's called the Frankfurt School, right? You know, there's a lot of talk about how after World War II, a lot of those, uh, you know, liberal elites moved over from Europe, established themselves in this country and began the assault on Western civilization and American exceptionalism from within our country.
1: Right. As Andrew Breitbart described it as the left's long march through cultural institutions, referring to the uh, infamous or famous long march of the Communist Party in China after they were defeated in the 1920s. They marched through the countryside, gathering support, conscripting people, and building their base— and to ultimately come back and take control of the country.
2: Yep. And now all of a sudden we have a president that is confronting decades worth of entrenchment into our education institution, into, a, uh, you know, Hollywood, into entertainment, into the media uh um, and now, all of a sudden, when this video comes out, what was their, their initial response was, Donald Trump is incite. someone's going to be shot. Journalists are going to be killed because of this video, because of what Donald Trump is advocating. And for Pete's sake, this was a, a fake video using a fake event and a fake sport to symbolize Donald Trump's war with the fake media and the what do they do they turn around and they essentially i i mean they just go apoplectic about it and that's what their reaction was on the sunday news and then back to your point about trying to you know unleashing their crack investigative teams to find out who this user was on reddit that created the video and then intimidated him threatened
1: him with public exposure and depending on where he's working he may have gotten fired from his job that often happens is and he issues his public apology and then cnn says okay we're not going to release his name now but if he does this again and dares to take our name in vain then we then we will release his name
2: there are a lot of metaphors that we can that we can build on with this CNN video, and we'll do so after this break on the Unite IE radio program from one of our sponsors. Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your
1: real estate lending needs, residential and commercial. Back after this.
3: Hey, Larry Elder here. Now, if you're a homeowner thinking about refinancing or you'd like to be a homeowner and aren't sure where to start, call my friend Ed Hoffman at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Rates are great right now, and from what Ed tells me, there are a lot of great opportunities out there in real estate. You need a lender you can count on, and I can vouch for Ed. He'll deal with you straight and advise you like you're part of the family. Just give Ed a call at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I know Ed. He's a good guy. who will talk to you like a friend and won't make you feel like you've just walked into a shark tank. Now is the time to buy a refinance. Give my friend Ed Hoffman a call at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Again, 855 640 2020. That's 855 640 2020. Or visit him online, wccloans.com. 855 640
0: 2020. AM 590. The answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590. The
2: Answer. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire Radio program. The week began with essentially a fake video using a fake scene based on a fake sport as a backdrop and the fake media going nuts about it. And all the folks on the Sunday news programs, they just went nuts. And then the voice of sanity begins to emerge as we begin to analyze the left and the media's response to this video.
1: Yeah, Mark Stein from the uh, Tucker Carlson Show this past week discussing how the CNN went after this guy.
4: Basically, a major news organization is uh, policing some no-name schlubs internet content and threatening to reveal his identity if he transgresses their particular standards. That's completely nuts. I mean, Wolf Blitzer has basically put a horse's head in this guy's bed. Uh, And I don't know how this happened. (laughs) CNN was was like the world's most boring cable network just a month ago. Now it's behaving more and more nuttily each day. So, uh, that's too good. So, but, I mean, they they seem to
0: have come up with this kind of remarkable standard. They said, look, we're not releasing the guy's name because it would be a threat to his safety, presumably his physical safety, but we're going to release his name if he says something we don't like.
2: Now, people are calling that blackmail. I don't know if it's blackmail exactly, but it's pretty weird for a news organization
4: to, in effect, threaten harm if someone doesn't do what they say. Well, the name is either newsworthy or it's not. But he got the message. They contacted him, and he immediately takes down all his Internet posts. Now, I'm not a great believer in anonymity on the Internet. I get tired of uh, being called out by some twerp who has, you know, some butch name and an avatar from Game of Thrones, uh, but he thinks that I'm not being manly enough on the Internet. I, I've got, I'm have got. not a particular fan of Internet anonymity, but this guy got the message. He understands that CNN is one Watching him, so that if he if he he were to make another anti CNN gif, uh, uh, another anti CNN uh, tweet, uh, then they would release the fact that uh, he's got a $500 lien on his uh, home for unpaid property taxes, or his car was seen last Tuesday night parked outside Madame Fifi's bondage parlor. This is a this is a ridiculous way for a news organization to behave. But but the threat of people like Chris and the, the idea, by the way, of Chris Cuomo and other CNN anchors saying, oh, we're so relieved. At last, you know, there were physical threats to our safety. And at last, we're all relieved because now we've got the goods on this guy and we can sleep at night and journalists are free to walk the streets once more. Get lost, you creeps. Uh, the fifth anniversary of uh, the Danish cartoons, I appeared on stage with five other people. Of those five other people I was on stage with in Copenhagen, Hagen for the fifth anniversary of the Danish Mohammed cartoons. Uh, one was shot at point blank range. The other had his event shot up uh, and two people were killed. Uh, another was forced out of public life entirely. And the fourth uh, had her family's restaurant firebond. Those are real threats against media uh, figures that go on in Europe right now. The idea that reworking a joke that everyone knows is a joke. Is is a threat to Chris Cuomo's safety, is the most narcissistic, solipsistic act of navel-gazing uh, by a, a profession that is already so self-obsessed, nobody who isn't in the media can stand the media.
2: So many points to that we could spin off from, don't from you Mark wish Stein. You could, don't you wish you could do that, Don? Oh, my gosh. You know, Mark Stein, there are a lot of people out there that I literally study. Mark Stein is one of them because he, he does uh, have a way of you know quantifying uh, verbally telling the story of what's really going on and describing reality the first thing that he, he that stood out for me greg in this is that he describes the threats that people uh have to deal with from islam if they dare to draw you know a picture of Mohammed. Real, th- real threats to journalists, right? These are real threats to journalists. The idea that a Donald Trump video would create a threat to the lives of journalists as they're describing is insane. Not to mention the fact that the media has literally stoked the left to the point to where you have someone who actually does do an act of violence against conservatives, against Republicans. The media is complicit in that uh, attempt to assassinate Republicans on the baseball diamond at the congressional practice of Republicans to the point where he wanted to make sure those Republicans even asked Republican congressmen, are they Republicans that are practicing to verify, goes out and shoots it. The media is responsible for that.
1: Right. And his Facebook page looked like an episode of
2: um, MSNBC or CNN. Right. No, no recognition that they're the ones that are responsible. In fact, complete denial, complete denial of the fact that they are the ones that had, you know, had the the play with Julius Caesar depicted as Donald Trump funded by Time Warner company of CNN. Right. You have you have an entertainer, Kathy Griffin, associated with CNN holding up a bloody head of Donald Trump ISIS style. Oh, that's not going to stoke violence against the president. You have three CNN journalists, one of whom who who won a Pulitzer Prize, another one was nominated for the Pulitzer Prize, that had to resign over a fake news story over a Donald Trump associate. Uh, being involved somehow in the financing right, of... that was
1: up for all 24 hours before the, the the truth came out and they had to pull the article down, apologize to the person, and uh, they, they,
2: they resigned rather than being fired. Reza Aslan, who is a CNN contributor who has to resign from CNN, uh, you know, I mean, and this for, goes... For, for calling Donald Trump a piece of you-know-what. Right, yep, And and the same is done on... Uh, Morning Joe. You've got the folks on Morning Joe describing, you know, Donnie Deutsch describing him as a vulgar pig, physically disgusting to look at. He's not mentally OK. Um, enough is enough with this disgusting, vulgar man. Oh, none of that. You know, if, if any conservative commentator, and I'm sure that there were a few, described Barack Obama. As that, what would, the, what would the mainstream media have done? They would have Saul him. They would have They would have drummed him out completely out of the media like they did with Bill O'Reilly. Sure. And the, the mainstream media
1: has chosen to be the opposition party. In fact, they're more of the opposition party than the Democrats are. And they're now being treated like that. And we asked to finally have a Republican who will stand up to the media and fight back and not say, thank you, sir. May I have another?
2: Yep. So while this is um, th- this, this video was a lot like. um and, and Donald Trump set the media up perfectly. You know the the, the uh, routine that Lucy and Charlie Brown go through, where he's like, "You're not going to pull the football this time," and she's like, "No, no, trust me, yeah. she pulls the football." Or the epic Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner uh, conflict, where the the. Roadrunner is constantly setting the coyote up with, you know, a fake tunnel on a brick wall or, you know, sending him over the cliff with a bunch of dynamite. This is exactly what Donald Trump is doing to the media. And it it, it completely exposed them for the hacks that they are. Yeah, the mainstream media has
1: become the uh, news equivalent of the Acme company that the Wiley Coyote bought all of his defective products from
2: yep so this was beautiful and it resulted in literally cNN docs threatening threatening to dox the creator of this doxing is a practice that's done where you reveal who a person is and their address and how to get in touch with them so that you can harass them cNN threatening to dox the creator of this video and
1: it's you know for- you think of the power of the mainstream media. I mean, it's one thing when they take on Donald Trump or a politician or somebody that has some level of ability to to fight back. When you go after the average citizen. For their First Amendment rights. Yes.
2: Because you don't agree with what they say. Yeah, because they, cause they dared to mock your company. This, this CNN is, is, is revealed now as the real Nazis, the real fascists, the real brown shirts of the progressive movement because that's exactly what they did to this guy.
1: You know, and as, a, as a related point, there's a couple of stories on that this week about the, the power of, the, of private companies in Silicon Valley, Facebook, Google, YouTube, which is part of Google, Yahoo, and so on, to also be able to suppress people's freedom of expression. Uh, Milo Yiannopoulos is coming out with his book and making it, trying to make a comeback here, Said that Silicon Valley is the greatest threat to freedom of speech there is. Because so much of what we're doing now is on the internet, and they control it. So you run a search, Google, Google gives you back results. You don't know that they. You don't know what they have excluded from those results. Facebook is gonna is just I uh, read there's an article they're trying they're going to throttle the content of people that are putting out what they think to be quote clickbait unquote or. False information. Fake news,
2: yeah. Their version of fake news. They've got a whole campaign uh, and and a, uh, what do they call, algorithm that is designed to detect what they deem to be fake news.
1: Right. And so they're setting themselves up as the new ministry of truth from George Orwell's 1984 in deciding what is true, what is not true, and what you can see, what you can't see, what you can read, what you can't read. And this also poses a very great threat because technically the First Amendment does not apply to a private company. So in theory, a Facebook can say, "Yeah, we're going to control what's on our our website. This is our company, and we don't like what you're saying. You're out. You're out of here." But it's, but but they're, they've really become the public
2: square well they yeah they have the administrators of public square free speech is is hanging in the balance here it's already gone in canada you know you had wild bill that went up there to give a speech i don't know if you're familiar with bill finley who markets himself as wild bill he goes up to canada to give a speech he's arrested because he has what they deem to be hate speech on his computer and it was only for an internet campaign that got him released turned around and sent back from Canada unable to give his speech because they deem him offensive. Same thing in Europe is they
1: are suppressing speech. of The governments now are doing it there, enforcing the social media companies to take down what
2: they consider to be hate speech or quote fake news unquote. We have an issue that we will begin to promote in the next half hour that the uh, our uh, listeners can get involved in that will push back on all of this. We'll connect the dots for you as we continue on the Unite IE Radio Show.
3: Hi, this
5: is Ed Hoffman, president Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. We've been serving our community with personalized homeownership solutions for over 26 years with offices in Merino Valley, Temecula, Corona, Downey, Westlake Village, and Covina to service all Southern California and Arizona. Today, we are experiencing excellent conditions in real estate and real estate financing. Interest rates are as low as they've ever been in our history, and real estate prices have come way up from the lows of 2010. If you've purchased a house in the last several years, there's a great chance that today your equity position is much better and available interest rates are much lower. Two factors that spell opportunity for you. If you want to find out what this means to you, and you want to talk to a lender who will give you straightforward, honest direction towards an option that's best for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, and listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturday, 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m., and again, Sunday mornings at 8 a.m., right here on AM590, The Answer. Licensed by California DRE, broker license number 01147747, and California financiers Lenders license number 603-K610. Licensed by the California Department of Business Oversight number 603-K610, and MLS 9873.
2: Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program. We talked for the nearly the first half hour of our show about the CNN gif, uh, which is a little miniature video. If you're not familiar with that terminology, it's a little miniature video. Donald Trump tweeted out a gif of a wrestling video that was done between he and vince mcmahon uh, at uh, what is it wwe or wwe w- yeah world wrestling worldwide something. wrestling foundation F- federation w- yeah whatever one of those of course you know wrestling has long been regarded as a fake sport um clearly the people that participate in that are athletes there's no question about it the things that they do in that ring Uh, admirable by any stretch of the imagination, but highly orchestrated. Who's going to win the bout kind of thing. You're right. I mean, what what could be more admirable than hitting somebody over the head with a chair? Right. So it's, it's like Hollywood comes to the ring and that's the backdrop for this video that sent CNN into apoplectic, Uh, you know, gyration, which
1: which, which reminds me of a great article this past week that more people have confidence in professional wrestling and in the mainstream (laughs) media.
2: (laughs) True. That is absolutely true. So while Donald Trump takes on the media, now this is a, this is a metaphor for what is happening in the bigger sense. We have Donald Trump presidency, which has literally pulled the veil back uh, on progressivism, we're now seeing progressivism reveal itself. Donald Trump is going after the media, he's going after the swamp, he's going after uh, everything. The the Obama era legacy, whether it's uh, you know something like the EPA clamping down on you know the a, a pond that forms in your backyard every 100 years or Obamacare.
1: Right. And uh, I know you you want to get to the gas tax, but what Donald Trump did in terms of EPA administrator Pruitt in stopping this waters of the the U.S. rule would have literally given the EPA control over almost all of the land in the United States of America to control what you can do with it, what you can't do with it, and impose conditions on it. This would have been, not only would have been bad for the economy, it would have been a grave threat to our republic giving that much power—
2: to a, uh, to a to a uh, to a government agency, which is exactly what he's doing with all of these agencies. Whether it's the State Department, where Rex Tillerson is having to go through and purge, you know, the remnants of the the Obama administration. Whether it's the EPA, as we just talked about, or the uh, Education Department that Betsy Ross is overseeing, trying to get you know government education out of our. System at least get school choice into our neighborhoods,
1: right? And we'll see whether how much movement that can be uh, can be done there. And well, because that's going to require some cooperation of Congress, and uh, Congress has not been very productive. Or foreign
2: far. policy, you know, foreign policy. We're dealing now with Korea, you know, finally uh, launching what amounts to an intercontinental ballistic missile, a two-stage rocket, as they creep closer to bringing the United States in range and bringing the threat of. Uh, the possibility of them launching something that could be in uh, what we call an EMP type of an attack, an atomic bomb that explodes over the United States that devastates our electric grid and our electric infrastructure, essentially sending the United States back into the Stone Age because we're so dependent on the Internet and electronics.
1: Right. Always back to the 1800s. And few Americans are prepared to live that's right. In the 1800s, it is estimated that after an EMP attack, within one year, 70 to 90% of Americans will be dead. Not from nuclear blast, not from nuclear radiation, but from disease, starvation, and breakdown of order. You just think everything, I mean, your clean water, your sewage, your ability to get food, refrigeration, all those things. So it's not just your cell phone. It's not just your TV. It's not just being able to get on the computer and waste time on the Internet like we all do too much of. And that's the ability to live, its
2: ability to survive. And this issue that Donald Trump is, and that this Trump administration is having, we're we're literally as a country in Western civilization is having to deal with as a result of the threat that North Korea represents, is a Clinton legacy because it's the Clinton administration that sent North Korea on a pathway to be able to finally obtain a nuclear weapon. And they've had six nuclear weapons tests over the last, what, decade? And do you remember the speech of Bill Clinton saying we finally put an end to the nuclear weapons pursuits of North Korea? I remember that. I remember Barack Hussein Obama saying th- the same thing about
1: his exactly agreement with right. Iran. Exactly and right. Iran, and Iran is even, because they are a jihadist regime that doesn't necessarily care about their own survival as long as they're advancing the cause of Islam, they're actually much more dangerous with nuclear weapons than North Korea, who is evil, who will starve millions of its people to death, but as ultimately the primary concern of the regime is survival of the regime.
2: Exactly right. So as as these regimes push back against the administration's attempts to throttle back the threat, whether it's ISIS, radical Islam, in, on the global stage. Uh, expressed through terror threats, you know, Donald Trump's attempt to put a travel ban in, throttle back the, you know, the refugee, th- uh, the possibility of refugees who are, swear their allegiance to ISIS coming into this country, to throttle that back. All of those things on the world stage, bringing that back to sort of the, the, the national stage, what he's dealing with in terms of pushing back on the swamp creature. The CNN debacle this week is just a metaphor for the swamp pushing back on Donald Trump. We have the same thing going on here in California, where we have a supermajority that, ha- that swears allegiance to the progressive, open borders, multicultural narrative that we're seeing develop in Europe, that we're seeing fight back against Donald Trump in Washington, D.C. We have a state legislature dominated by progressives that are using their power To push back on the Donald Trump administration, whether it's the advancement of a statewide sanctuary city policy or the ability to pass laws within California that are directly diametrically opposed to what we have long understood the Democrats agenda or platform and what draws people into the Democratic Party. The Democrats are supposed to be for the little guy. They're supposed to be the party that will represent the little guy against the big machine, against the, the, the Republicans, against uh, crony capitalism, against all of these policies of the of the uh, Republican Party. What do they do? They turn around and they defile their very agenda by pushing the cost of of their policies onto the backs of the everyday citizen in the form of a regressive gasoline tax. And vehicle license fee increase and diesel tax increase. So all of these dots connect directly to the progressive agenda as we're seeing on the world stage on the national stage and on the state level stage right and they've
1: also they're also close to passing a bill which will let them increase water rates by lumping sewer, uh, sewer water runoff into your water rates without going to a vote of the people so so that that could that could raise your taxes or water rates up more than a thousand dollars a year and that's just, they're they're pushing that one through Got total lack of concern for the average
2: citizens that they're supposed to represent. And another Senate bill called SB 18 that would directly complete the loop on the progressive agenda to break down the family unit, which is what this is all about. Going back to the first comment about, you know, how this all started, you know, five or six decades ago, the assault on the family and. SB 18 is a piece of legislation that will complete that by giving the state the possible jurisdiction over your kids. Over, over all aspects, it's supposed to
1: the rights of the child. But what it means is the government can potentially control every aspect of child rearing, of education, health care, where you live, everything. And it's vague enough that it may mean, well, you have guns at home? You're not teaching, you, that, that you're, that you're teaching traditional Christianity at home or traditional Judaism at home. You're not, you're not buying, you're not teaching your kids into this transgender ideology. You can choose your gender. Uh, you know, then that you, you, you would potentially be subject to the
2: uh, government coming in and, uh, uh, taking action against you or taking away your children. You're homeschooling your, home schooling your kids and teaching them Christian values, but you're not, Teaching them also the values of the uh, open family, you know, mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy. uh, Mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy, mommy, mommy, and pet goat. And all of the above. And you're not teaching your kids proper uh, sex education. You're not informing them about all the different ways they can enjoy sex and express themselves sexually to first and second graders, which is what's happening in our public schools right now dicey topic. How do we push back on all of that? How do we as individual families and participants in the political process because we say the most important political office is that of private citizen the enormity of all of this seems too big to deal with but we have an issue uh, you, have, uh, you have some ideas in that regard Don and we'll get to that after
1: a word from All Star Collision. The place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the
5: kings of rock and roll back after this
3: On AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio
1: show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. Mark Twain must have been thinking of the uh, California legislature when he said that no man's life, liberty, or property are safe
2: when the legislature is in session. Boy, wouldn't it be great to go to a part-time legislature like they have in Texas here in California? Both of us were tripping over each other trying to tease this next segment because we have been handed what I believe, Greg, is a generational opportunity to push back on everything that we just talked about. You know, we have the supermajority in California that was completed by the election of several progressives into the legislature here in the 60th assembly district sabrina cervantes we have a state senator uh, josh newman that an org- recall has been organized over the gas tax that this legislature passed sb1 and it represents i think a generational opportunity for us to organize people from both sides of the aisle Democrats and Republicans alike, and I'll say Democrats that are what I would call moderate Democrats, people that are looking probably possibly if once they're educated and looking around at what has happened to their their parents Democratic Party that has gone full tilt Marxist in the implementation of the progressive policies. I think we have a generational opportunity here, Greg. Well, there is.
1: Uh, Californians love to raise taxes, and they've, they've voted to raise income taxes on what they perceive to be the rich, but unless that ta- the ta- increased taxes come out of their own pocket. And uh, they've now raised the gas taxes, 12 cents a gallon, plus the vehicle license fees, plus diesel fuel. So if you drive a truck or you carry, or you consume anything, food or anything else that is carried in a diesel-powered truck, all those prices, all those mo- that's money out of your pocket, and the people don't like that. There was a poll. The gas tax was the un- well, we, people opposed it, fifty-eight to thirty-five percent. You're right. This is a huge opportunity because the Republicans are perpetually, you know, maybe possibly have a good year. We'll get above one-third in the legislature, or
2: if you have a bad year like the last election. You'll go, you'll fall below one-third, but that's where they're stuck. You know, we talk about getting off the couch and getting involved, and oftentimes it's around an issue, whether it's immigration or the one that I that I got originally got off the couch about, national security, the threat of political and radical Islam. There has to be an issue that animates people enough to get off the couch and get onto the playing field. And there is now an effort to put the gas tax increase on the November 2018 ballot, but we've got to gather enough signatures to do it. And there have been efforts in the past to get issues onto the ballot. The bathroom bill was one that got a lot of people animated. Another one that got families involved was the vaccine issue mandating that parents Vaccinate their kids according to a schedule that the state sets up that violates the parents' right, right. to pick and, and the, choose. And the
1: list of, va- I mean, most of us were vaccinated as children. You go, yeah, you know, German measles, measles and polio. I mean, I, I, no big deal. But this list has grown and grown and grown. There are right. 58 different doses of stuff with various heavy metals and uh, parts of, and, and made from aborted, unborn children. Uh, you know, I mean, so this list has really grown and made, unless you're a parent, with small children, you may not be. Able, I mean, it's, it's a much
2: more onerous list than what we what we had growing up as children. Exactly. And that issue fell short of gathering enough signatures. I honestly believe that the effort to gather signatures to to put this gas tax on the ballot, a gas tax that makes California's taxes the most, the highest in the nation. The fact that we have to have this gas tax represents... Uh, a, a failure on the part of bureaucrats in sacramento to manage the money that they were given our gas taxes were the sixth highest in the country before the passing of this bill and yet somehow our state government was unable to allocate and properly use that that money in order to maintain our roads that it required governor brown to declare essentially a state emergency we have a state emergency. Our roads and our bridges are falling apart. Well, Governor Brown, if you'd use the money properly, instead of diverting it into the general fund to prop up a failing pension system, which is where a lot of this money went, a failing bureaucracy where we've got an acknowledgement that thousands of Caltrans employees represent duplicative jobs. $500
1: million of year worth of employees, salaries, and benefits that even they acknowledge
2: are unnecessary. Right. You have you have failed at your ability to manage our fiscal budget properly that you've gotten to the point to where the only solution was to go back on essentially a democratic proce- a democratic promise to their to the little guy that says, we're gonna we're you know, the one percenters are the evil ones. We need to tax them more. Guess what? They can't do that enough anymore. So now they have to do it on the backs of everyday citizens. And it's time for every Californian to embrace this opportunity to repeal the gas tax by putting it on the November 2018 ballot, which will represent an opportunity to motivate conservatives and Republicans to go to the ballot in an off year. It's a, an off-presidential cycle, which is typically better for conservatives, and vote out the people that voted this in. Specifically, we've got Richard Roth. Yeah, I'm, yeah Richard Roth in the uh, Senate. And, and Sabrina Cervantes in the assembly here in the Inland Empire that sold out our uh, people in California by voting for this because they were promised money from the gas tax that was supposed to be used only for the gas tax money that they now are saying I've you know I I, I we got money back you know into our districts to fund these projects and guess what. It's all done on the back of every working American and and resident in the Inland Empire who are the commuters that commute into L.A. into Orange County down to San Diego from Temecula, two to three to four hundred dollars a year on their backs
1: to fund this, and this is one where people are going ha- to. They- there's no money at this point for paid signature gatherers. So, this at this point looks like it's going to be a total volunteer effort. And that is a really, really heavy lift. But it's easier this time because you can go to ca, nocagastax.com, sign up, put in $5, at least $5, if not more. You'll get back, once it's released by the attorney general, you'll get a, a petition, space for up to 10 signatures. Get your family, your neighbors, co-workers, friends. Just get 10 names. If you can't get all 10, get five. And that's how... We can get enough signatures because we've also seen, as with the uh, the the, uh, the bathroom initiative, where they tried to put get boys into the girls' restrooms and we showers. We got enough signatures, right? Is the government they, because the Democrats that run the count them didn't want that one, so they just are very persnickety and and unreasonable in in disqualifying signatures. So we really need about double
2: the number, about six hundred thousand or more, to be sure this gets on the ballot. But we can do it. We can do it. And I believe we could gather 100,000 signatures here in the Inland Empire alone because there's five to six million people out here that are drive, who drive, who are directly going to suffer under the burden of this law and get them to volunteer. We're going to talk more about the kickoff event for this and what we're going to be doing around the Inland Empire over the four to five month signature gathering process. And we need everybody involved. We'll be back to tell you all about how you can help with this effort after a message from our sponsor.
1: All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the
5: kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. Car Star, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590,
2: the answer. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire, the radio show for the most important political office in the country, That of Private Citizen, you, our listeners, and we're presenting you with what we believe to be a generational opportunity to take back this state. The government of California has overreached so far to the point to where they have increased our gas taxes to the highest in the country.
1: Right. And do you want them to raise your gas taxes? You have a choice. If you you don't care, then do nothing. And and they will go up in your vehicle license fees and uh, the diesel tax. If you don't like that, you can now do something about it. And as we said before, go to NoCAGasTax.com, register. We ask for a contribution of five dollars for for processing, and you'll get a petition in the mail that you can f- get, gather up to ten signatures. And if you want to repeat the process, you can do it again. And if you're really enterprising, get out and w- walk your neighborhood and get those signatures. And you just ask somebody, do you want do you do you want to oppose the Democrats' gas tax increase? Oh. But, you know, you were telling me is that you were handing flyers out this on Fourth of July and how many people weren't even
2: aware this had happened. So what we did on the Fourth of July in Corona, there was a parade going down Main Street. And we knew that the assemblywoman that voted for this would be in the parade. So we took the opportunity to educate people that were attending the parade about the gas tax. And it was a funny flyer. We were asking people to you know, have a little fun with it uh, as Sabrina goes down the parade route, yell out, thank you for the uh, higher gas taxes, Sabrina. And we used that as an opportunity to educate people. People and We've got video that we're going to be releasing showing folks that, uh, you know, we're discovering this gas tax for the first time. As you said, a lot of people who are out there don't even realize that the California legislature has increased their gas taxes to the highest in the country. Don't even realize the problems that are in Sacramento. So we're handing these flyers out and people are looking at them going, what the ga- gas taxes are going up? Yep. So some of those people were the most animated as Assemblywoman Cervantes goes down the parade route. They're yelling, "Thank you for the higher gas taxes." I'm sure she wasn't expecting that, but this 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 uh, initiative represents a generational opportunity for us out here in the Inland Empire and people all across the state of California to take control back from the progressives in the state by putting this on the ballot in November 1st, gathering 600,000 signatures, and the official rollout for this in the state of California, in in the Inland Empire, is going to be August the 12th, so save that date. August the 12th, we're going to be talking about it on every Unite IU radio show from this point forward. This is the rollout where we're asking people to go, get involved, volunteer, and you can volunteer right now at the NoCAGasTax.com website. Sign up to be a volunteer. Uh, you'll get a, a quick email thanking you, and you'll know when this initiative goes live. We're still waiting for it to come out of the Attorney General's office, and you'll be notified about what you can do to help. But put it, August the 12th on your calendar. We're going to tell you more about how you can get involved in getting this initiative over the finish line.
1: And you have some great uh, people are coming to the to your event. We'll, we'll be telling you about that. And once again, do you want the Democrats to raise your gas taxes or not.
2: As always, the choice is up to you, the private citizen. August 12th, put it on your calendar. We'll be back next week with more information about how you can fulfill your role as the most important political office in the country, that of private citizen.